If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Oz is telling me to mute the television in the background, and she would be correct. Good to be here. Thank you for joining us. Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash ToddHuffShow for those that want to watch the program live. Or on demand, it's good to be here. Uh, thank you for joining uh, joining us today. By the way, again, your questions, opinions, thoughts, always welcome by email. I'll even accept that adoration and praise as well. Kidding, not kidding. But look, I want to get right into it today. I want to talk about the Seattle insurgency. That's what we have. We have insurgency now happening in the city of Seattle. So who would have thought that quite literally – these anarchists want to, well, I guess, I mean, we knew this, right? So, but on the other hand, to see this transpire, what has transpired in an American city that is now, it's literally fallen, a six-block area called CHAZ, C-H-A-Z, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. These are freedom fighters, we're told. These are patriots. These folks are applauded for their efforts of standing up against well, I'm just look. I'm I'm watching this stuff. It's just it's it's incredible. Seattle has fallen. This is the Seattle insurgency. This is literally Occupy Seattle, chasing officers out. Officers just you know leaving the area, just completely surrendering. I I, I don't even know how else to articulate and explain this. It's unbelievable. And on top of that. These radicals have these radicals have listed out their demands. I want to say something about this too. And you know this, and this is something that we get into from time to time, but there there is actual definitions for words. Now, some words like racism are going to be changed. Uh, the definition is going to be changed, I guess, although they say that it's the uh, the second definition simply needs more attention, which I'm not even sure what to make of that. Um, I guess they're going to tell us uh, which definition we should pay more attention to. I don't know. But the definition of terrorism is now being changed by a graduate of Drake University. Miriam Webster's completely on board with that, apologizing for not acting sooner. It's an atrocious, unforgivable mistake on their part to not 
tell people that definition number two should be considered more strongly than people normally consider definition two. I mean, I don't even know where we, how we, this makes no sense to me on many levels, but words have meanings. And currently, if you look up the word terrorism, and I say currently because who knows, someone might might write in and change this definition. Maybe there's some leftist out there that wants this definition changed and they can just submit that for review, apply enough pressure. I mean, this is, uh, this is apparently what we do today. But terrorism says this, the unlawful use of violence and intimidation, especially against civilians in the pursuit of political aims. So I know when we talk, uh, sometimes, sometimes there would be uh, an event, a tragic, horrific, terrible event where someone used violence, uh, but their, their use of violence was simply... Again, it's terrible, it's awful, it's reprehensible, it's evil. I want to make that clear. I'm not defending that. What I'm, but I'm, what I'm saying is some people think terrorism just means how many people are killed. If there's a certain number of people killed, then suddenly it becomes a terrorist event. That's not, that's not accurate. It's not even technically – technically, um, it's not even – it doesn't even require people to die. It's the use of violence and intimidation. Not, but it's not just that, right? It's not just the use of violence and intimidation. There's a little phrase on the end that says, in the pursuit of political aims. Now, we're sitting here debating, right? Folks are debating whether Antifa is or are, depending how you view the word Antifa. I'm going to say is. It seems more natural to me, but whatever. Antifa is in the pursuit of political of political aims of gains politically changing outcomes through their threats of violence through their use of violence and through their intimidation i mean you have, you only have to watch clips of what they're doing in seattle for about 7 seconds and you can see that they're using violence and intimidation for political aims this is what they're doing now, this also says especially against civilians. It doesn't have to be only against civilians. But I would think it is a civilian. Uh, it, it's violence against civilians when you're destroying businesses and setting fires and not letting people operate or, or you know, effectively get into that area. It's, an, it's a no-go zone. I mean, you, you can describe this thing in a number of ways. But this is the definition of domestic terrorism. We're watching this before our very eyes. They've truly they, – they, the city of Seattle has fallen, a portion of it, and the mayor is cool with it. She's cool with it. She, she thinks these folks are – I think Oz told me it was a Patriots. Is that the patriotic? This is patriotic. Before long, before long, we're going to find out this is our patriotic duty from the radical – according to the radical left. But anarchists have taken over. They're using violence. They're using intimidation. They're using force. Now they've listed a a series of demands. 30 demands, I think, is what this is. They posted this on Medium. I think I first, I had a friend yesterday send this to me in a Fox News article. I clicked on the Medium post. Headlines of this wonderful piece is the demands of the collective black voices at Free Capitol Hill to the government of Seattle, Washington. 
This is what it says. And credit to the people who freed Capitol Hill, this list of demands is neither brief nor simplistic. There is no simple request to end police brutality. As you'll find, this is swollen into, again, this is no longer just about police brutality. This is about a political movement. This is about radical, anarchist, radical, uh, just it's it's about lawlessness. It's about chaos. It's about disorder. It's about dismantling. We've talked about dismantling not just police departments, but dismantling the entirety of American society, or at least very key and integral parts of our society. So this is not this is not a simple request to end police brutality. We demand in italics that the city council and the mayor, whoever that may be implement these changes for the cultural and historic advancement of the city of Seattle and to ease the struggles of its people. This document is to represent the black voices who spoke in victory at the top of the 12th and Pine after nine days of peaceful protest while under constant nightly attack from the Seattle Police Department. These are words from that night, June 8th, 2020. For ease of consideration, we've broken these demands into four categories. The justice system, health and human services, economics, and education. I mean, this thing reads like I mean, this is this this thing reads like in some uh, in some ways, um well, some very let's just say some very radical leftist ideology, right? This thing this reads like something that you might have encountered in college that your professors were telling you was something that needed to be implemented uh, for the advancement or the betterment of American society. So here's what it says. The Seattle Police Department and attached court system are beyond reform. We do not request reform. We defend or demand, excuse me, abolition. So they want the complete abolishment of the Seattle Police Department, like Minneapolis. So now we have the second city. I'm going to get to that a little bit later, too. I want to talk about... You know, the, the media is trying to pull a fast one on you. The media, I don't want to get too much into this just yet, but the media wants you to think that this has already been done in Camden, New Jersey. But I'm going to read to you and explain to you what happened in Camden, New Jersey, and I want to compare that with what they're calling for here, the abolition, the abolition of the Seattle Police Department. That's not... Exactly what happened in Camden, New Jersey, and we'll we'll break that down as the program comes together. But this is look; they know that they've taken this narrative too far. They know that that they can't defend this even through their normal means. So they have to misrepresent what this is about, what the what the desired outcome is. The people of Minneapolis, running that city, the city council have no idea. In fact, if you read what they say, it's basically, I'm going to summarize it, it's basically something like this. We need to get rid of the police in the city of Minneapolis, and we'll be honest with you, we don't have a clue what we're going to do next. We're going to figure that out together. We're all going to just kind of play this by ear. We're going to just randomly take suggestions. Maybe you can uh, email us or text us your thoughts and opinions on what we can do. We don't know. Heck, if we know, we're just up here, you know, thinking that we need to get rid of the police. And something's magically going to appear 
um, that's going to take the place of the police. Um, we'll have mental health experts take your 911 calls. That'll be nice. So, um, you know, we, we can't do anything to stop it. You know, whatever whatever bad is going on out there in our in our city. But we can we can have we can counsel you on the phone as you're you know facing severe injury, uh, you know assault, rape. You just call us in there, you know, call us nine one one, and we'll counsel you. Can't do anything about stopping it though. Can't do anything about demanding justice for the one who perpetrated the crime. No, no, we we'll just uh, play this thing by ear and see how this all shakes out. This is their plan, folks. This is their this is their plan. Remember the left the left criticizes Trump's plan sometimes. Well, every day they do this, but they criticize Trump's plans for being too simplistic. I have never in all of my years, even as someone who believes in limited government, even believe, even as someone who believes that sometimes the right answer to some of these questions that they ask you when you're a candidate for president or whatever when you are president, hey, what's your plan about X? Even when the answer should be, the free market will figure this out. I don't have a top-down approach to this. This is not the job of the federal government. The job of the market will take place here. But see, in those instances, the entire uh, you know lawful society is not hanging in the balance. The collapse of our ability to walk outside of our door and be safe from people who have become part of the insurgency and have taken over the city of Seattle in this particular example that that's not the case the market's already functioning you know in in you know an example where someone would say that the limited uh, limited government should be applied and that the market should should provide solutions in that scenario whatever that is whatever that is be it uh i mean be it healthcare be it maybe someone even says education Whatever that is, it's it, we're not looking at violence or unrest to the point that we can't walk outside without threat of being, you know, harmed or attacked by a mob of radical anarchist protesters. See, that's something that is actually a role of government to maintain peace, to make sure this sort of thing doesn't happen. Not in Seattle. Not in Seattle. They just. They nod an agreement. Yeah, you know what? We probably don't need police force. So that's the first demand here. They've got 28 more. We've got they've got 28 more um, that will that will 29 more that we'll get to here. And they've broken them up in nice categories for us. So thank you, radical leftist Antifa, for making sure that we can read your mindless drivel here, your anarchist nonsense, your lawlessness your insurgency document, your how to be an effective Antifa terrorist, how-to description. Thank you for making it so easy to read. We owe you. We owe you for this. So I want to continue this discussion when we get back. Quick timeout as needed. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. So let's get to more of this uh, just wonderful, peaceful group protesting in Seattle, just um, making their list of demands from the local government as they, you know, as they um, 
get involved in an insurgency movement, a little bit of domestic terrorism, threatening uh, the use of violence, using violence, taking over by force portions of the city of Seattle, even naming it Chaz. It's probably, uh, you know, it's it's got its own little personality there. Uh, Chaz is now apparently one of the 57 states that Obama visited back in 2008. Chaz is now um, a, a place. I'm sure there's probably maps now. Uh, that are have, are being designed that show that Chaz has been carved out of the city of Seattle. This is the kind of nonsense that we're subjected to by the by these folks. But anyway, let's continue here. Let's continue um, with what they're talking about. So they want the abolition of the Seattle Police Department, not just reforming it. They want it gone, abolished, eliminated, wiped off the face of the planet. Seattle Police Department, poof, you're gone. Um, they want the city council and the mayor to defund and, and de- de- abolish the department and the attached criminal justice apparatus. So not just the department, the whole criminal justice system, poof, kick it to the curb, done. In one fell swoop, we're starting over. This is a revolution, folks. Revolution. Revolution um, that is being launched through a terrorist insurgency in the city of Seattle. So 100%, not, they don't want 99% cut. They don't want 99.9% cut. Funding-wise, they want 100% cut, including pension programs, pensions for Seattle police, which, of course, are a problem economically, but this is uh, not the solution nor the means by which we address these sorts of things. Of course, I'm not in Seattle. That's Seattle's problem. But anyway, they also want... Um, They also demand that the city disallow the operations of ICE in the city of Seattle. That's a little one point, you know, I guess one B, not just the police, but also ICE abolished, kick them to the curb, poof, gone in an instant. Of course, what would ICE be doing? What would ICE be doing defending the borders of a new independent country, the independent nation of Chaz? What would ICE be needed there for? ICE should actually be on the other side of the border uh, of Chaz and and between Chaz and Seattle and maybe detaining those who try to cross from the independent nation of Chaz back into the city of Seattle. So maybe that's something that should be considered here. Number two, in the transitionary period between now, which is when there is a police force, and when the, the, uh, the force is dismantled, they are demanding that the use of armed force be banned entirely. No guns, no batons, no riot shields, no chemical weapons. I love that, chemical weapons. Of course, chemical weapons typically used to describe things like mustard gas and nerve agents. That's now being used to describe um, tear gas, which is used to disperse unruly and violent crowds, which they want to use, of course, because they're terrorists. That's what terrorists use as violence and threats of violence. So... Um, No chemical weapons, especially against those exercising their First Amendment rights to protest. Now, look, I'm on the side. Look, this protesting and rioting, again, this is intentional misunderstanding. This is intentional confusion because a riot is not a protest, nor is a protest a riot. Protests are when you peaceably, that's what the Constitution says, by the way. 
the right of the people to peaceably assemble and um, you know go to their government to with a problem with a grievance to have that grievance fixed. That's what the Constitution says. Petition their government for a redress of grievances. And so again. I must, I guess, explain the difference between a riot and a protest. You know, if you're at a gathering where it's a protest and you see bricks beginning to fly in the crowd, you have ceased attending a protest and you are now in a riot. When you see the first fire set ablaze, maybe it's a dumpster fire, maybe it's a fire in the middle of the street. When you've used that fire in the street to block traffic, of course, and to cause further disruption and chaos and up the ante a little bit, you've now attended, you're now attending a riot. When the first police car is being attacked, kicked, windows busted out, when people are dancing on top of it, jumping on top of it, hitting with hitting with baseball bats and sledgehammers, you have ceased attending a protest and you are now present at a riot. When the looting begins when windows are busted out, when people help themselves to whatever they want in whichever store, in whichever district of whichever city in this nation that they are so uh, choosing to riot in, to participate in violence in, once that happens, you got it. You're no longer attending a protest. You are attending a riot. So see, the problem is, the problem isn't with the protest. See, I've, I've had to explain this to some of the radical left that wants to confuse other things as well. So, for example, in the past, they've – when we talk about, say, radical Islamic terrorists, they think that that's just appalling because they focus on the Islamic part. They focus on the Muslim part. But see, rational people, rational people say, you know what? It's, it's the terrorist part. Call me crazy. It's the terrorist part. That's the problem. It's the part when they take over planes and yell Allahu Akbar and crash them into things. See, that's the problem. It's, it's when they create bombs that they place in places like the World Trade Towers back in 1993. See, that's the, it's the terrorism part that we have a problem with. Now, insofar as the ideology or the religion, the worldview is used to perpetrate and to uh, – to, you know, used to further terrorism and violence, that's problematic too. So, and that's what a lot of these folks who, the, that's why they're, these things are inextricably linked for the Islamic terrorists because they're citing their religious beliefs, the teaching in the Quran um, from Muhammad and so forth. They're teaching that that is the reason, that's the rationale, that's the push for terrorism. Now, other Muslims come out and say that's misrepresenting and all that. But see, that's why those two things are linked. It really makes a lot of sense because folks are using the the Islamic faith as a as a tool, as a uh, as the rationale for carrying out acts of terrorism. So the problem we have free speech and free freedom of religion in this nation. So the problem becomes um, everyone else's problem when the Islamic teachings are used to fuel terrorism. When the Islamic text is used as a uh, as a rationale, justification, reasoning, what have you, for terrorism. See, that's the problem. It's the terrorism part. Now, people know this. 
people know this, but they don't want to accept this. They want they want you to think the battle is between, you know, a particular faith and our society saying we don't want you to have that faith. We want you to be, you know, we want you to be redneck or we want everybody to be forcibly Christian, which of course is not the real narrative, is not is not truth. I mean, of course, I hope everyone um, would choose to accept Jesus, but I think <laughs> to do so of their own choice, folks, to do so of their own choice, that's the most basic fundamental thing about what it means to be human is that we have choice. And so these things are misrepresented. They know in the city of Seattle that it's not protests that are getting folks in, pro- in trouble. It's, it's riots. It's violence. It's now domestic terrorism. It's now, apparently you have to say this today, it's taking over part of the city, right? It's, it's, it's taking that over, demanding that cops get out, and the cops just oblige. The cops just say, hey, you're right, and they leave. Walk out, leave the city. You know, in one sense, you think the people of Seattle have gotten, this is, this is the fruit of what they have been uh, sowing. This is, this, is the, uh, this, is mature, this is the mature plant that's been planted in the ground in Seattle with the radical ideology, the nonsensical gibberish and rhetoric, and it's been planted in other places around this country too, from San Francisco to Portland, Oregon, and lots of other cities in this great nation as well. It's the broken ideology of, of socialism, of, of radical left of, um, leftist ideology, that, that radical leftist ideology. This is the fruit. This is the fruit of what they've sown. This is it. This is where it takes us to utter chaos, left unchecked, left unchecked, moving in this direction towards reality not being part of the equation, moving towards the uh, you know, the, moving in the direction of justifying radical, even violent behavior because some group is apparently immune because of some factor like race or some, you know, their identity, their religion, what have you. This is where it takes us. Now what are we supposed to do? Well, you're supposed to abolish your criminal justice system. You're supposed to get rid of your police. You're supposed to allow people to protest, which has been allowed the whole time. Right, the the problem has always come when there's violence or a threat of violence. That's when, that's when force has been used. This is not complicated. This is not. Well, it's not being depicted correctly by the folks here in these radical Antifa groups. But there's more to this. I, I, I'm not going to go through all these. We simply don't have time. Uh, but we'll kind of hit some high points. But this is what they're demanding. This is they're not they're not asking for reform. They're demanding an abolition to the police in Seattle, and to the criminal justice system. This is a revolution. Again, this is a this is an insurgency. This is, a, just choose your term here, but this is, this is the effects of domestic terrorism. We've got the mayor of Seattle saying that these folks are, folks are patriots. I mean, truly, what is up is down. What is black is white. Um, when it's in the middle of night, they're telling us it's in the middle of noonday. So everything is the opposite. Everything is turned on its head, and this is what happens. This is what happens when you have an immoral ideology. This is what happens when you have uh, disdain for truth. This is what happens when you feed people lies and you feed people a broken, morally bankrupt 
ideology. This is it. This is the fruit of what happens. The plant is mature and the fruit is hanging on the vine and the fruit is poisonous and it's killing the city of Seattle and it's killing other places as well across this wonderful nation. Now I'm going to take a break. Sit tight. We'll continue this when we get back. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. All right. So we have more demands here. I'm not going to go through all these. In fact, I'll probably post this on Facebook here. Uh, next segment, so or between the, this segment and the next. So, between uh, other than demanding the abolition of police and demanding the abolition of ICE and demanding that the criminal justice system be uh, completely ripped to shreds as well, um, they say they want to get kids out of prison and get cops out of schools. They demand that the federal government investigate. Cases of police brutality. Okay. They say they demand reparations for victims of police brutality. They're demanding that the city of Seattle make officers' names who are involved in police brutality a a matter of public record. Not all these things are um, necessarily just radical craziness, but a lot of them are. Uh, How about this one, though? We get quickly moved back to the radical into the deranged here, but um, let's see. Here it is. Number seven, we demand a retrial of all people of color. So if you're in the prison system in Seattle, I'm guessing this they're limiting this to Seattle. I don't know. It doesn't say the city of Seattle here. Just we demand a retrial of all people of color currently serving a prison sentence for violent crime by a jury of their peers in their community. So you can read into this what you want, um, but – This seems to say that if you're in prison and you're a person of color, I don't know if that – I mean who all that includes. Um, But if they deem you as a person of color and you're uh, serving a sentence for violent crime, for violent crime, I don't know. What if it's nonviolent crime? I think we are. I think we're supposed to release all those folks already um, for nonviolent crime, but I – it's hard to follow some of this stuff. It's not necessarily logical. So you're supposed to basically give these folks a, another trial, another trial by a jury of their peers. Now, see, when I read that, now that, that sounds, I mean, that's you know, a jury of our peers. That sounds good. But I, I think that they mean by that that every juror should be black as well. I don't know that that's the case, but that's how I interpret their usage of that. Of course, we should all be tried by a jury of our peers, but I think that they mean something much more specific as, of course, um, as we talked about yesterday in their convoluted and troubling viewpoint, very troubled, broken viewpoint. If you're white, you're automatically racist. Of course, there's nothing racist in them saying that. But if you're white, you're racist by default. And um, we have to sit down and be, you know, not just have a conversation. I'm, I'm cool with conversations. I like to hear perspectives. I like to be able to you know, broaden my thinking and understanding of things, but they want this to be a one-way lecture. You sit down, shut up, and do what they want, do what they demand. These are the words, the word demand is in this thing probably 60 times. So they demand that 
acts of protest be decriminalized. That's not so that shows you what they believe about what a protest is. So in other words, they're convoluting the issue of protest and rioting and violence. They're they're wanting to confuse you and they want to call all that protest and they want to decriminalize it. Protesting is not a criminal act. Rioting and the violence that ensues from that is the criminal act. So they're wanting to decriminalize the act of rioting and of course amnesty for protesters generally again so this means amnesty for rioters amnesty for rioters so that's a point in there as well a demand um anyone serving prison time for marijuana related offenses boom they released immediately and had that expunged from their their record let's see um here we go. The city of Seattle and state government release uh, – they demand that they release any prisoner currently serving time just for resisting arrest if there are no other related charges and that those convictions should also be expunged. So um, now what does that mean? I mean you know, you hear some of these, these statements, you know, so-and-so was you know, arrested just for – just for doing some, like like the well, Trayvon Martin wasn't arrested, but they'll say that was all about his wearing a hoodie. But obviously, when you hear the whole story, there's more to it. Or Michael Brown, this uh, you know peaceful, easygoing, fun-loving kid, just walking through the streets of Ferguson, was stopped just for being black by an officer, Darren Wilson. Darren Wilson drew his gun. This is the narrative. Michael Brown supposedly puts his hands up in the air, says, "Hands up, don't shoot." And um, the officer just unleashes fire on him. Of course, that's not what happened. <clears throat> that's not what happened at all. Michael Brown charged the officer. Michael Brown was fighting, uh, going for the gun of the officer. Michael Brown was shot at close range, uh, even as he attacked Darren Wilson in his car. That's what really happened. But the narrative is, you know, he was hunted because he's black. And this this is the stuff that has to stop. So just as they confute, conflate intentionally the issue of talking about the radicals here that are writing this stuff, not people that are having general, genuine discussions, not people who in the black community who are concerned about this. I understand that. You know, we we're I'm willing to understand and try to find a way to to minimize and eliminate all this sort of stuff. But there's a group here that's also taking political advantage of this. In fact, making it about things as you'll see as we as I hit some of the other high points here from these demands. It's not just about it, – it's about so much more. It's about making America anarchist, making America um, a more of a – you know have more guarantees from the federal government, more federal programs, more spending on things like – well, healthcare. They want to take the police budget and use it for healthcare. They want to use it for housing, which housing they're now calling, uh, they're now saying is a is a human right. Housing, it's a good thing. Shelter is a need, but it's a right is something. Again, it's something that you have from from God, and so it's something you have without requiring someone else to do it for you. So. Um, there are places, shelters in place for folks who cannot afford or provide their own shelter, and it's good that we help people find a way to take care of themselves and to provide that shelter. That Those are praiseworthy things. But to say it's a right is a fundamental misunderstanding of what a right is. 
So there's all this confusion going on in this document, and it's it's you know it's demands. It's demanding people meet the radical agenda that's been out there for a long time. This has now become a political issue, and I'm long in the segment. Have to take a break. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. So I've gotten us off track here today again, long in the last segment. So this is a short segment, but I want to I want to remind you tomorrow, our friends at Freegee and Freegee Auctions and Marketing are hosting their monthly consignment auction. This is actually on site or I think some of the items are online. I think you can bid on some of these things online. There's also another liquidation auction that is uh, online only, online only. You know, I, I say that the on, the consignment auction is online tomorrow. I think it may just be on site. You got to check it out on the website. The other one, I'm, I think I might be confusing the two. The liquidation auction um, is online only, and that one runs that one runs um, for a couple of weeks. So if you're a builder, or if you're someone that needs some construction. Uh, tools, equipment, you can check that one out. And, you know, the consignment auction has all sorts of things. I mean, they've got uh, ATVs and, I mean, my goodness, uh, there's a ton of stuff. You just need to check it out on the website. I've got a collector cars, commercial trucks, um, all all kinds of things here in the consignment auction tomorrow, 1 1 p.m. in Clayton, in Clayton, Visit freegeauctioneers.com for more information. F-R-E-I-J-E, auctioneers with an S.com to take advantage of that. And uh, I've got to wrap up here this segment. Come back. We'll continue this hour number two. Hour number two here shortly on YouTube. Free to check us out there. YouTube to search the Todd Huff Show. And uh, you can check out hour number two. We'll continue this discussion. But i got to come back and wrap up this first hour. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. Waning moments of hour number one, but have no fear. Have no fear. We will continue this discussion, hour number two, on YouTube, you can check us out there. And I confused a couple of things there. The consignment auction, um, let's see, starting tomorrow at 1. Um, you can, again, visit the website to see the specifics. But, I mean, there's, there's you know, vehicles, there's boats, um, there are tractors, ATVs, UTVs, all kinds of stuff in that monthly consignment auction, again, at Freegee. Auctioneers, F R E I J E, auctioneers.com for more information tomorrow at one. Guys, I'm jumping over to YouTube here in the next couple of minutes. See you there. Thanks for listening. S D G.